Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Practicing Human, the podcast where every day we're getting a little better at life. I am your host, Corey Mascara, and in today's episode, I'm going to tell you why you do not need to clear your mind. More to come on that in a moment, but first, let's listen in to the wonderful, beautiful, delightful sound of the bells. I'll ring them, bring your full presence to the sound all the way until that micro moment when it dissolves back into silence. So I think if I could put a billboard up for all meditators to see, it would say one thing, stop trying to clear your mind. Somewhere along the way, in all of the hundreds, the thousands of years of meditation, and especially in the last 50 years of meditation, we've developed this notion that meditation or mindfulness is sitting down and clearing away all the thoughts and getting into this uh, pure, tranquil, completely still, non-thought, no mental activity kind of place. And that that is where the peace comes. If we don't have that, if there are thoughts, then we can't experience peace and we need to push the thoughts away. I don't know where this came from, but if you've ever attended a yoga class, no, no offense to any yoga teachers that are maybe listening, but a lot of times at the end of the yoga class, you're lying in Shavasana. One of the common things to say you hear, at least I've heard many times, is, okay, just relax and clear your mind. And it's a beautiful sentiment. It sounds nice until you try to actually do it and all the thoughts come rushing in and then the thoughts about how much meditation is so hard and you're not good at it and you can't clear your mind and everyone else must be great at it and that just creates all this extra turmoil. So you've, if you've listened to this podcast, you know I've talked about this in the past, but I wanted to devote uh, one episode to this specifically because I think it's one of those things that we need to hear over and over and not just for us while we're meditating, but while we're bringing presence into our life. If that's our intention, I think this is an important uh, notion to keep in mind because uh, it seems to be deeply embedded in our psyche that presence means absence of thought. So I'll share a story, a story that starts in Burma, like many of my stories. And it was about three months into my retreat. Again, this is a six-month silent retreat I did back in 2012, meditating 14 to, toward the end, 20 hours a day. So three months into the retreat, uh, I went through a very intense period of thinking, ruminating, and just having a, a very distracted mind. My mind was all over the place. I couldn't settle it. I tried to come back to the breath, but it was just like a boomerang back to whatever the thought of the moment was. All the things that I 
was going to eat after I got out of the monastery, all the things I would do, uh, different business ideas I had at the time, um, ideas about uh, I wanted to be the mental training coach for all of the professional golfers on the PGA Tour and all the ways I was going to do that, just all of this endless rumination. Some of it was exciting. A lot of it was annoying and frustrating. Um, but overall, to have this much thought while you're engaged in a meditation practice or in a practice of, of what seems like stillness, for me, it was a frustration and felt like uh, it was an enemy to what I was trying to accomplish. So uh, one day during my interview, remember we, we have these short interviews with our teacher once every few days in the monastery. Uh, they're about five minutes long. <laughs> it's the only time you could talk. So I told my teacher about this struggle. And then I told him how frustrated I was. That, you know, I've been here for three months. I'm practicing now 16 hours a day. Um, and my mind still just wanders all over the place. How can I stop it is more or less what I asked. And um, I, I said it with <laughs> a decent amount of angst. Usually when I'm in there, I'm kind of peaceful and respectful. But uh, if I'm being frank, I was, I was a little pissed off. I was working really hard and um, I was just, I felt demoralized. So, you know, I said this, I was like, you know, how, how can I stop this? What, what can I do? My mind's all over. Like, I, I really want to get a, a hold on this. And after I was done with my little rant, uh, I looked up. And my teacher just had this soft smile on his face. He sort of leaned back, paused, and said, Your job is not to stop your mind from thinking. Your job is simply to know when your mind is thinking. And in his usual brief manner, that was all he said to me. But in this scenario, that short, punchy, brief response was exactly what I needed to settle back into my practice, to let go of this deeper striving to try to get somewhere, clear thoughts away, accomplish something, control the mind, and actually befriend my experience. I don't know if I would have characterized it or described it in that way back then, this idea of befriending my experience. For me, it, it at the time, it just felt easier. It was like my, my job just became simple. Oh, I, I don't need to control the thoughts. I don't need to try to get rid of them when they're there. My only job is to simply know when my mind is thinking. Well, that actually feels much more manageable and doable. And so I, I took this back into my meditation practice while I was sitting, while I was doing walking meditation, while I was eating, while I was resting. The goal wasn't to change the experience, wasn't to clear the thoughts or try to get to a still place. It was just to simply know whenever the mind has a thought. And going from this place of trying to stop a thought to a place of just seeing it when it's there was actually the very thing that pacified my mind. And only when I became okay with the thoughts did they start to subside, which is just like a glorious meditative slap in the face. <laughs> the less you try, the more that happens. 
That does seem to be the great paradox of this practice. But even hearing that, it might make you think, okay, so now I need to not try to clear the thoughts because then that will help them clear. So you could see how there could be an agenda in that. So we, we also want to catch that. The, the awareness itself is where the liberative potential lies in this practice because the just plain and simply thoughts are always going to be there Uh, emotions are always going to be there sensations in the body are always going to be there unless you get to very deep states of meditative insight that are often um, what we'd call nirvana these glimpses of non-existence which is a whole other podcast episode in itself um as long as you're in this body, you're going to have these experiences, thoughts, emotions, sensations. In this case, we're talking about thoughts themselves. So if if we're putting all of our marbles in the basket of trying to clear the mind of thoughts to find peace, then we'll get, we'll get little glimpses of it for a couple seconds here and there, maybe longer, like a minute, but the thoughts will be back. The Where the liberation comes from, which can happen in, in a moment, Uh, is just learning to dwell and rest more in the mind that knows what is happening rather than being so swept uh, around by the content itself, so sucked into the content itself. And it doesn't mean you can't be experiencing the content. It doesn't mean you're not experiencing your life. You you are there fully. But it's, it's held within a different container of understanding, one that's more spacious, you're, you're with the experience, you're fully experiencing it, but it's observed through uh, a part of you that's much more vast, which is what we refer to as awareness. So I, my encouragement is to take this into your day, in your meditation practice, in your mindfulness practice, your presence practice, however you conceptualize it in your life. And instead of making such an effort to clear the thoughts, instead just see if you can know when the thoughts are there. It's something that we practice ongoing. It's not like you're just going to know it in a moment and then there's going to be complete peace. But the, the consistent holding those thoughts in awareness and not letting them become the dominating force and not constantly fighting them is slowly softening the mind's resistance to experience and resistance to itself and i think we need this reminder even if we know it because i knew it in the monastery Uh, it's not like i went three months of deep retreat not knowing that the agenda wasn't to clear thoughts um there's it was just something that was so deeply embedded in me that i needed that reminder from my teacher it's like hey that's not actually what it's about remember it's just to know your experience when it arises and that knowing is is where the entire path unfolds that knowing is presence itself so have fun bringing this into your day it's an ongoing practice which is why this is the practicing human podcast It was great being with you. I will talk to you tomorrow. And until then, as always, take care.
Hey, before you go, we got a couple announcements in the after party. First, for those of you in the Philadelphia area, as I mentioned yesterday, I will be coming for a book talk next week, February 6th, at the UPenn Bookstore at 7 p.m. I would love to see you there. I'll give a little talk, um, share about the book process, do some reading from the book, and sign uh, sign your books. So I uh, would love to see you there if you can make it. Next, if you're new to this podcast and you'd like some supplemental resources like meditations, app recommendations, uh, seven-page mindfulness starter kit, you can text your email address to plus one six three one three three seven eight two nine eight, and you'll get all of those resources sent to your inbox. And lastly, if you've been listening to this podcast for some time and you do feel like it's starting to help in a way, uh, one, I'd love to hear that feedback. But two, if you feel inspired to leave a review on iTunes, that really does go a long way. Uh, I love reading them. Other people get to read them and it helps continue build our community. So, um, So that would be great as well, especially if you've been listening for some time and you really do notice a shift. That's one way to give back if you've been um, if you've been getting some benefit from this. Okay, that's all for now. Uh, I will talk to you tomorrow. Can't wait. I hope all is well in your life, and I'll talk to you soon. Until then, take care.